Welcome to the Musicians Mobile Show. We got Ernest Little III. Let me tell you about Ernest, guys. Ernest, he began studying music and playing the piano at the age of three. He studied music at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, University of Pacific, and San Jose State, where he earned a BM in piano performance. We're proud to say he is one of our teachers here at Musicians Mobile, and he believes in smart practice habits to maximize your time and effort with your lesson plan that will engage you in a fun and interesting way. What's great about Ernest is he can play classical music, he can teach you R&B, pop, top 40, Broadway, and even your favorite Disney songs. Welcome to the show, Ernest, how you doing, man? Thank you, Nate, thanks for having me, it's great to be here. Doing well, how about yourself? I'm ready to, to talk about some piano, and why is the piano your instrument of choice? The piano is the instrument that stuck with me. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, he kind of, you know, made me, you know, take piano lessons early on. And um, I also took, you know, violin lessons and I did a lot of other things too, you know, like ballet and tap and theater. Mm -hmm. Piano is just one of those that just really stuck with me. And I just always had a connection with the piano. And um, the piano is like a, a good gateway instrument to other instruments. Some parents wonder why it is a good gateway uh, instrument. So the piano, it has a broad range of pitches. And the piano can try to emulate uh, most instruments, uh, all the way from a violin down to a cello. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of orchestral arrangements can be arranged for the piano. Um, the piano has bass cliff, the piano has treble cliff. So you are able to read two different clefs at the same time. Right. A lot of other instruments, what are you doing? You're just reading one clef at one time. Another thing about the piano, you're using both of your uh, hands, your arms, and mm. your feet. So you kind of got to be a little athletic to, and uh, you got to have hand-eye coordination also to play the piano. So piano if you can play the piano i feel that you can play almost any instrument nice not to mention you can uh, sing along to it which is always a beautiful thing uh yeah 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 <laughs> depending on your voice not to, to ask my neighbors about that about how right. beautiful it is <laughs> we won't ask the neighbors about that i'm sure they love the piano part but the the voice oh, I, don't, yeah. I haven't heard you sing yet but uh, i imagine there's there's a, a tone in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> Let's talk about performance. Um, are you nervous before your performances? And uh, if so, how do you go about overcoming nerves? I don't really get nervous anymore. Um, mm. But before, yeah, you know, I got nervous a lot. And I tried to figure out how to <laughs> kind of work with that energy. Um, if I get nervous, you know, I kind of lose focus, my hands start sweating, I might slip off the keys. So I have to really contain that energy so I don't do any of those things when I'm performing. So instead of, uh, you know, thinking to myself, you know, like, okay, why am I nervous? Well, I'm nervous because I'm afraid that something bad is going to happen. 
Mm. Or why, you know, what bad's going to happen? I might mess up and people might laugh at me. That's right. not going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but instead of thinking that, instead I think, you know what? I worked really hard on this performance. I put a lot right. of time and effort, put a lot of good energy into it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to rock it. Mm. I'm going to nail it. And so I use that energy and it kind of gets me hyped up instead. Right. Of kind of like, you know, just out there like, okay, you know, I hope I get through this. Now I'm going out there like, I know I can get through this. I can okay. do this. So you got that positive piano self-talk down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's inspiring. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and you know, that just comes from, you know, getting out there also and performing. Mm. I had to figure this out for myself. Teachers helped, of course, but, you know, I like to see this in my students, you know, self-discovery. You know, you have to go out there and kind of experience it for yourself and discover it for yourself. What's one performance experience for you that really stands out where you felt like you were just really in the moment, giving your best? <laughs> hmm. So there's uh, two different answers on that one. Uh, my, my teachers would say my senior recital, a, a performance with um, Brahms Variations, uh, Chopin, uh, Chopin Ballade Number Four, mm. um, a first movement of the Tchaikovsky Concerto Number One, and I thought I did really well with that performance. And my teachers, they they loved it, and um, and so I was really appreciative of that. Um, but for me, my my best, my favorite, my all time greatest moment is when I was a senior in high school okay. and I performed, uh, and it's funny how it comes for full circle. Uh, <laughs> I actually performed uh, Tchaikovsky's um, Concerto Number no. 1 with the Stockton Symphony. Mm. And wow. that performance right there, like to me, that was extremely special. And I got to go on tour with them for three performances. And the last one at a church, which uh, unfortunately was not videotaped. Oh, <laughs> um, it's a magnificent church, big, tall ceilings, organs, just acoustics are just wonderful. And yeah, that was my uh, best performance, I feel. And that was my most satisfying one. Take me into the moment. Take me, what, what were you feeling or going through or seeing? Uh, what was it like? Going up on stage, looking at the crowd. For that piece is also one of my favorite pieces. So I didn't have like a nervous energy. I, I really had like a, you know, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Right, right, right. And uh, so I'm looking at the crowd, I'm smiling, you know, and it's feeding me. And then I go sit down at the piano. I uh, make eye contact with... I try to make eye contact with most of the orchestra members, you know, try to oh, wow. glance over. And then you uh, give your nod to the first, you know, uh, principal violinist. And then mm. you uh, let the conductor know that you're ready. And um, once that happens, <laughs> all eyes on her. Really, it is really all eyes. And um, all the focus is on you, not only the orchestra, you got the crowd, you know, and 
it's really quite the experience to have all that power, all that sound coming yeah. at you from one direction, but you're in complete control of it. And you're kind of just distributing that energy to the crowd. Right. And I always kind of, kind of like that power. I can imagine <laughs> it's to have a whole symphony, uh, at your back or your support and then playing to a, a nice full house audience. I, I've, I've never done that, man. I, I can only imagine because there's something so special about, uh, you know, the, the symphony with piano and just the grandiose uh, nature of it. Yeah. And afterwards, you know, uh, you go out for, you know, multiple, you know, bows because you get a standing mm -hmm. ovation. And, no, you know, you got a standing and, ovation. Oh, oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, we brought the house down. It's, it's bound to happen. Yeah, you know, you just, you know, you just tear the roof off, you know, of course, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, they had some flowers brought for me and everything. And Got to bring flowers. Yeah, it was, it was quite nice, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Definitely man. the experience, yeah. Speaking on uh, students now, what kind of teaching moments bring you the most uh, fulfillment? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I brought this up earlier. I, I actually did bring this up earlier, but it is um, self-discovery. Mm. To me, as a teacher, I find it really satisfying when I can teach them in a way where they kind of self-discover um, their own issues or their own drawbacks. Um, mm -hmm. And so you kind of guide them along the way and give them the right hints and clues. And then when they see the answer for themselves, it's like, oh, wait, right. is it this right here? And you're like, yeah, you got it. It is that. See, you could do it. Is that light bulb? Yeah, did it. Mom, look, I did it. I did it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so that's definitely very satisfying. What, what do you like? What attributes do you see in piano students who excel? Determination, focus. I see creativity, and, and it's not just can you be uh, virtuoso on the piano. You know, right? Um, I feel that can be learned. You know, over time. It's not um, but something you're born with, but it can be learned because that some people uh, think it, you're born a natural at, at certain things. And well, born or made is the the debate sometimes. Well, I do believe that you are born with the talent, mm -hmm. but what you do with that talent, you know, you have to work at it. Right. And a person who has you know, mediocre or average talent, if he works really hard, he can be very successful. A person who has a bunch of talent but shows no drive, unfocused, doesn't want to practice, it's not going to be successful. Mm. So even though this person had more talent than right. this person, it didn't matter because of the intangibles yeah. that – yeah. And when you have a natural talent, plus you have the intangibles, then you can really see your natural talent go to work. I see. I see. Yeah. For, be for beginners, 
what mindset should they adopt uh, as they start their piano journey? Enthusiasm. Mm. Uh, I, I like that. I like when they have enthusiasm um, because that tells me that they're going to practice. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I like to assign theory homework and, but it's not really homework. It's more like activities. So, you know, you kind of frame it that way. How do you give feedback to students where they get the feedback and they improve from it? Uh, it kind of depends on uh, the student. So one size doesn't fit all, I guess, is, sounds like uh, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, definitely one size does not fit all. I have uh, a student that she is a practical jokester. Hmm. So she likes to say jokes and does things. And so, you know, I can joke with her, you know, right. I can, you know, joke with her about, hey, you know, you, you need to get this right. Um, for whatever reason, you know, maybe you're a little unfocused right now, but let's bring it down. Let's, Cause I know you can do this. All right. You've shown that you can do it before. So let's go ahead and do this. Let's knock this out and then we can go move on, learn more of the song and continue having fun. So that's one way of dealing with someone uh, with like high energy, you know, mm. some kids may be a little sensitive to making mistakes, you know, mm. and they're like, Oh no, I can't believe I made a mistake. And they right. will literally hit the piano. They beat themselves up. Yeah, yeah, you know, and some kids will literally do that. They'll like, yeah. eh. I'm like, hey, don't hit yourself in the head. Right. <laughs> don't need that. It's not good, it's not good for you. Trust me, that's not going to help you be smarter at this, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. They, they, they are, some kids are too hard on themselves sometimes. Yeah, so you don't need to really add to that. Mm -hmm. You know, if, you know, I can see that they're struggling with, with it I say you know what you know I really like the effort that you're putting into it I can really tell that you're working real hard at this yes. and I'm going to help you get this you know so we're just going to mm -hmm. take this step by step mm -hmm. and yeah you know you just I try to make a concerted effort that shows that the student can see that you know I'm just as invested in making sure that you get this as you are mm, I, um, like I like that can you describe your process for, for learning a song? Analyze the music as best as you can. You try to figure out things that you know, trying to see and point out things that you don't know. This mm. can't happen. And in cases like that, you come across something you may not know. It's a musical dictionary. Oh, <laughs> Just your case. We <laughs> there we go. There's the, sec the secret method right there. <laughs> or not so secret. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have tools. So, you, you know, you have your, you know, dictionary in case, you know, there's terms that you come across. Um, I, I look for other clues, you know, what is the tempo marking? Who is the composer? You know, the mm -hmm. composer can tell you a great deal about what era is from and therefore what yeah. style is going to be. Um, so after that, then you kind of look at the song itself. How is it structured? Is it in a, what, what format is it in? Is it in your, like, an ABA? Mm -hmm. Or is it in your sonata format? And okay. With your expositions and all that? And so, yeah, you kind of determine what format is in. And then, okay, well, if it's an ABA format, 
oh, I only have to learn A, B, and then it goes back to A. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you kind of like um, it's like a break musical it down. Program. Yeah, break it down. And it sounds like you're looking for patterns. and uh, Exactly. That's actually one of the things I always tell my students. Um, music is full of patterns. Right. Yeah, so you just got to look for it, you know. So, and yeah. that's what I do. Yeah, sometimes I look for the patterns and then I look for that. There's always some song has something like weird or unique about it. It's special to that song. It could be the bridge or where's the patterns and then where's the spots that are breaking, doing something very interesting or unique. Yeah, you know, and sometimes, you know, you, you know, you're not going to get it all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. You might have to listen to YouTube or listen to um, a CD or a DVD, record player, whatever you have. Right, right. <laughs> Cassette. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, but for me, um, I kind of do that as a, as a last resort. That just kind of mm -hmm. always been my thing. But... A lot of professors, you know, doctors in music, they, they promote, yeah, go ahead, listen to this professional recording artist. Right. <laughs> listen to how they do it. You don't have to copy them, but right. just kind of listen to it. I like to kind of learn the song and then make it my own after that. Mm. What do you hope for your students? I hope that they are successful in whatever they choose to do and that what I teach them in our time together, that it can contribute to that in a meaningful way. As a teacher, you know, I, you know, I take this serious, you know, I consider myself a mentor too. And I have a lot of life experiences I can draw upon. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a teacher out there that doesn't want their students to be successful. But for me, it doesn't just have to be in music. It doesn't just have to be in piano. Mm -hmm. You know, these intangibles can be, they can, you know, travel wherever you go, you know, to mm -hmm. any job, computer science, you know, business management. Um, yeah, I just, you know, hope that, you know, they remember our teachings and just remember these intangibles of being determined and focused and, you know, setting goals for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and achieving those goals and looking at the big picture at the same time. You know, that patience, yeah. discipline, and that can be applied to so many areas of life. Yeah, you know, especially with um, Western European music, um, usually, like, if, if you're good at math, you're able to kind of understand music um, mm -hmm. a little easier, mm -hmm. and vice versa. If you understand music, you're able to understand math a little easier. What's a good starting point to maybe introduce someone to classical music? I tend to go with things that they recognize. Hmm. Um, that's always a good, you know, place to start. And usually you can go to uh, movies for that or TV shows. Oh, right, right. There's a lot of, uh, you know, songs out there that necessarily that they'll recognize, but they won't be able to play, you know, so... If you have a good teacher, maybe they can arrange something for you. <laughs> right. Simplified version, maybe? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Usually you have to go try to find like an easy version of, 
you know, a song or things that you are familiar with. So for me, with, you know, my students, you know, they don't want to play classical music. Okay. So we'll have a couple pop songs or whatever songs. And, you know, okay, well, let's throw in like a nursery rhyme song. How about that? It's not classical music. It's not pop music. Okay. Hey, look at that. You did it really well. You want to try a different song? Yes. (laughs) Next thing you know, uh, you know, you can try to sneak in like Furry Lease or Minuet in G. Okay. Um, I like Minuet in G because that introduction is one hand position. Okay. And then you can, you know, I like to toss in other songs too, you know, to lead into classical music. You know, you got Broadway um, and then you got like Sound of Music and a lot of these Disney songs too. They got that too. uh, where you can kind of lead them into other songs. And then once you start expanding, you know, their horizons a little bit, say, oh, you know what? I do kind of like this. And you know what? I do like this classical music, but I don't like this classical music. And that's fine. You know, but when they, you know, but to just completely shut something out without really knowing or hearing mm-hmm. or understanding it, I think people are, uh, students are receptive and open to learning mm-hmm. more. You know, yeah. they, they don't want to be completely shut out. You know? So it's just a matter of how you approach it. Well, it sounds like you, you start with uh, where their interests currently are, and then you have these bridge or gateway songs that they might recognize that are kind of classically oriented. And it starts to open their mind up to, to this new sound. And, and then from there they become more receptive to these uh, classical pieces. Also, and I understand now that, you know, times are different, but I would always encourage uh, my students to go out to a live concert and experience the live concert. Yes. It's it's much better live (laughs) than just sitting at home kind of like oh i gotta listen to this for this class right go out go with your friend even if you just go to half the concert Mm -hmm. just go out support and then afterwards you can go hang out with your friends and talk about if you liked it or if you didn't like it right yeah yeah there's nothing like seeing a classical performance in uh in person and just having that music surround you and fill the auditorium that's a special experience that kids they, they have to experience it oh yeah definitely well thanks for this Ernest. this has been a fantastic uh, interview we're, we're so lucky to have you uh as part of our teaching staff and i, I appreciate you dropping these gems here uh, and sharing your teaching knowledge and uh you're just great spirit with our students and um wish you a happy holidays man take care and stay stay safe Thanks, Nate. Uh, That's what I do. (laughs) Signing off. Uh, (laughs) Any final words? Keep practicing and have fun.